Welcome to the Points of Performance podcast with me, Tom Blake. Uh, this week, I've got Nick Jeffs back on, and we are going to debunk some bullshit nutrition myths today. Probably talk a load more about all sorts of other stuff with training, fitness, um, but mainly we want to destroy some BCAA companies' reputations. How are we doing, mate? Good, mate. I'm good. Thanks for having me back on. My pleasure. You've mithered so much. <laughs> I'm only joking, I'm over you. Um, right, mate. So we've got we've got we've had a load of questions. There's loads of there's so much crap out there, mate. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good just to nip a few of these things in the bud to save people some money, some confusion, some stress, and um help them out and get them on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. Um there is, there's just so much, there is so much bullshit, um, but, and there's so much confusing stuff out there. There's so many, um, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's just so much conflicting information. So you assume people that, you, you assume people know, or you assume people can make their own judgments, but it's very tough when you're presented with loads of different information on social media. So yeah. it's good just to go through, debunk a bit, uh, and sort of hopefully give people a bit more clarity. Yeah, and, mo- and most people don't even know what like the basics are. They don't even know what like the the three macronutrients are and, and what happens with them, like year nine PE. So, yeah, which uh, there's stuff like that that you would that I think most people should really have a grasp on just for general well being, health, and all that, and then you know training and performance. But there's stuff that people don't need to know and just need to be kept simple uh, and what's right and what's wrong and what they should focus on and what they shouldn't. Absolutely, mate. Right, let's start with one of the let's start with one of the big hitters then. Um, BCAAs. Are they going to make you stronger? Are they going to make you bigger? Are they going to make you fitter? Like, what what is the what is the thought behind BCAAs, and are they useful? Um, it's a good question. Like, they're very prevalent, aren't they? At the minute, even you know, you look at in. Three so should, we, should we start off with what BCAA is? Yeah, let's do it. So we've got BCA stands for branch chained amino acids. And it's the they are the building blocks of protein. Sorry, mate. I think I just froze then. Can you You're hear back. me? Yes, mate, I can. Right. Beauty of doing this over Zoom. Um <laughs> yeah, BCAAs. Um so yeah, they are the building blocks, essential aminos. Um I think the very um they're very, they're very prevalent. They're very hyped on at the minute. They're in, they're in different types of drinks that are available, um, even on supermarket shelves now. Um, I think um, knock and yeah, knock um, Yeah, I'll, I'll caveat this by saying I'm not, you know, knockos. For example, I'll use knockos as an example because they're everywhere. They market themselves very well. They taste really nice. Um, they've got caffeine in, which I've been asked about caffeine actually. Um, and you know, hopefully, we might we might get we'll to get that. into that next. Um, so you know, there is there is definitely performance enhancing benefits to them. Um, I just think that the you know BCAs have been overplayed a bit, really. Um, and and like most things, people are quick to jump to to not quick fixes, but things that will work for them quickly when there's far more at play. So um, you know, getting your your protein right your total amount of protein your quality protein in splitting it if you're talking about bcaa's and you know increases in 
um, or supporting like muscle protein synthesis, which is basically building muscle. Um, you need to be looking at sort of the, the basics first. So is your total protein right? Most people's isn't really. I'd, I'd go as far as saying eight or nine out of 10 people's protein isn't where it needs to be. So that's very generous, mate. Most people think they're eating protein and it's like, like if you look at the government guidelines, their um, recommended daily amount is like 50 grams. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty poor. Um, and we could debate this kind of stuff all call day. This, call this a, a beta diet. <laughs> a beta diet. Um, and, and that book, you, you're talking about the same government guidelines that set out, I can't even remember what it was, 1800 calories for women and 2,500 for men. Um, like how I don't even know how someone justified that, and I don't even know if it's still a thing, but it's not relevant to the size of a person or how much. Yeah. They, uh, I think they might look. I think they may have taken that off. I think, I think it has been taken off, um, but I don't think there's anything that's really been uh, replaced with. So yeah, I think going back to it, like BCAAs, they're not a bad thing. There is definitely some scientific proof that they work, um, but what they don't do is cover up a gap. From you not yeah. having so if you're banging if you're banging a couple of scoops of bcaas but your protein intake is 70 grams when you weigh 70 kilograms you're nowhere near are you really not in the slightest um no you're nowhere near so you know i think not to bash bcaas too much i think if you're going to take them again you're talking about small margins but work out your protein intake first of all so you know, for, for, for a healthy individual, it probably should be somewhere between 1.6 to 2-ish grams per kilogram, um, depending on your activity levels and what you want to do. But it shouldn't really be any lower than 1.6. I wouldn't advise any client to go lower than that. Work out what that means for That's you. pretty low. You know, um, work out what that means for you. Work out how you get that in your diet every day. Well, that's the thing. It's, it, it, it is the how and... We're gonna. We will talk about whey protein. We will probably do that now. But I know that a lot of people know they should be eating more protein, but they really just struggle to get there. And it's like, how do I make my diet protein rich? Um, because over time, it is a massive game changer. Eating 100 grams of protein a day and 180 grams of protein a day, it's huge. Such a, it's a huge difference. 100 percent uh and the, like the benefits of it cannot be overplayed the the you know the evidence is there the research is there to show that the the benefits of of making sure that your protein is where it needs to be um especially as you start to get older love it mate for anyone that can't see this on zoom tom's chin in a protein yogurt um uh, <laughs> <laughs> For the benefits, you know, not just for, for us now training and being in and around that gym environment and for anyone else, um, but for as you get older, your protein requirements are going to change as you get older. Um, as your training age changes, as you become less trained, it becomes harder to, um, you, it becomes harder to, to break down and create muscle, so to speak, in the most simplest of terms, as you get older. Therefore, you need more protein. Um you know, the way you need that as you get older changes, there's sort of developments and arguments that rather than splitting your protein over a day, as you start to get older or age, um, having that in like one big hit or one big bolus actually helps. Um, but that's for another day. But yeah, I think it's so important. Uh, it can't be overplayed. And just getting the basics right before we've gone a bit off on a tangent, but getting the basics right 
mm. before jumping to chin in a knockout or a couple of scoops of BCAA. Yeah. Get, get, hit, be hitting 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, up to two grams every single day. Know what that means, you know. In terms of like takeaways, I would always say to someone, as a little practical tip, maybe trying to get as much in as your breakfast as you can. So if you can eat eggs and you like them and you can stomach them um, or whatever that might be for your breakfast, like get your day off to a good start. So yeah. Or like banging like a scoop away into your porridge yeah. or whatever it is. Or whatever, a protein shake, protein yogurt, just get off to a good start in the morning. So you're not yeah. having to it at night. Um, that's so really, yeah, that's key. I usually, usually myself, obviously this is only me. And I usually try and get like uh, 200, around 200 grams in. Um, I always try and break it up into like 40 to 50 gram servings. So whenever I eat, I'm getting that amount in every time. Nice. So if I eat like four times, I'm bang on usually. And you want to like that, that is the sort of the ultimate goal. You want to be, we'll come on to whey protein in a minute, but uh you want to you you want to be getting to the point where you know one you've worked out your protein intake two you know it fits in your day and then three you're not having to track and you can eyeball it and you know what that means because it's probably the most basic of um, macronutrients you need to pay attention to really for now whether it's for your training or whether it's for your old age or whether it's making sure your parents or your grandparents are getting enough. Yeah, I had an argue like an argument sort of altercation with my, with my mum and dad. Uh, well, my dad really about my brother because he was it was a couple of years ago and he was getting into training and lifting weights. Yeah, and he was like, "It's been this long. I'm not getting any bigger or stronger." And I was like, "Right, we need to increase what you're eating, like how much protein you're eating." And obviously, I had no idea. And it's like bowl of cereal, butty, and then like you'd have some actual meat in the evening. Like mum would make him whatever. And my dad was trying to defend him, like, oh, look, he's eating this. He's eating, like, quality food. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but it's nowhere near enough. And he's probably necking about 70 grams of protein every day, max. And people are just really, really unaware of how little protein they're eating. So yeah. it's hard. It's, getting bigger and stronger is difficult. And you could argue that it's pretty expensive as well. It is expensive, which where, you know, coming onto whey sort of helps. Um, but if anyone's going to take anything from this, take the fact that you probably should be looking at where your protein is, your total intake over a 24 hour period and getting it to where it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Whey protein. I mean, for me, like, especially with, with, with the women who I work with, they really do struggle to get it in. So I always recommend that they take a, a protein supplement, whey protein, I think um, it's got it's got a rep, hasn't it, of being associated with fucking bodybuilders or gym goers. Um, those people who build muscle, you mean? Yeah, those. Yeah, those <laughs> people. Who build, um, them people. Um, and um, I've lost what I was going to say now. Um, yeah, it's got for me. It look. It's a. It's just a variety of like making cheese it's it isn't it shouldn't even be classed as a supplement when it comes to that i think it should be it's 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 a superfood like that sounds a bit cheesy no pun intended um but it is it's just a great way of um of getting cheap easy accessible protein in um yeah. <clears throat> not full of crap um, yeah. lean 
Um, it's well, you're not worried about like blowing your fat or your carbohydrate intake out because it's well, usually solely whey pro- uh, protein. It's, it's, it's a real, it's a pretty pure form depending on which yeah. brand uh, you get. Um, which again is is another thing. Um, but yeah, whey protein, you can't overplay the benefits of that. It's easy, it's cheap, um, it's accessible. And it's like you say, it's great just to top up if you are struggling. It's it certainly, like, let me caveat this by saying you want to be getting all your protein from whole food sources. So whatever that is, um, you know, meat, eggs, dairy, vegetable-based, there's not many, uh, or plant-based, but there is some. Um, but if you can't, it's great to top that up. And it's not a bad thing, but don't get to the point where you're papering over the cracks and having to have three or four protein shakes a day to hit your total intake. Like you want to be getting as much from food sources as you can. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, like if, if it's just the one a day, usually. I think sometimes like one of the most difficult things is that people will take a protein shake on the days they train, but then they won't have it when they don't train. So if you train four days a week or five days a week, on that fifth, uh, sixth, and seventh day, you miss it because it's not you don't have it because you're not training. Yeah, and and, the, and then if you think about it, you're like sixty to eighty grams down a week. That adds up Ma- massively. And I've just had, <clears throat> I've just had a very similar conversation with my mum in the last month. You know. They're, they're pretty health conscious. They train and I'm, I'm helping them both with the nutrition at the minute. Um, but they only take, well, they were only taking whey protein on a training day. Um, and then you, you know, you look at their total protein intake over the day, over the week, and it's actually really, really low and they're starting to age and get a little bit older. Sorry, mum. But you know, it, it's getting them into that mindset of going, I should be using this every day really to top up um, and plaster little holes. Um, yeah. in, in the diet there's no there's no reason for it to be saved or used on training days definitely advantageous after training we can come on to that i don't know if it's one for now but why not use it as a as a way to as, as a way to make up your total intake oh, oh. <laughs> i like i see what you did there mate a way to make what? up your total intake <laughs> on it this morning yeah yeah Totally agree, mate. It's just like a difficult thing to do. So like as far as, um, I know you mentioned like quality, like obviously we want the highest quality possible, but if it, you might as well go for one that you like the taste of and that you like drinking, because if you are at the point where you're holding your nose on every single one you have, you're going to eventually think I'm not doing it. And especially when you don't have to, which would you'd think would be like when you're not training. Mate, get yourself a blender one scoop of protein, bit of water, Anything. two ice cubes. It's a game changer. The one, mate. Whey protein, chocolate whey protein or vanilla. Vanilla's better. Ripe frozen banana, bit of milk, bit of peanut butter. That's the one. But when I say a bit of peanut butter, I mean a measured, <laughs> a measured and not like a complete shovel full of it. I've ruined a few blenders with too much peanut butter. I bet you are. Yeah. But yeah, that's well. Yeah, it makes it way more palatable. And especially when it's hot, but a few ice cubes in there. The the frozen banana was a big game changer for me. Yeah. Because I didn't have to water it down. There's loads of of little different things. Um, On the, you know, I'm going to be a 
a boring bastard, but you, for you, like you, you know, you have a very good grasp on your own nutrition. What, what you don't want to do is someone new to maybe whey protein who thinks, do you know what? I'm going to give this a bash. Um, because I've realized that my total of protein intake is not great, but then you start shoving a spoonful of peanut butter in a banana, handful of frozen berries, some oats, and you can quite quickly, um, which is not a bad thing. Like it makes something taste mega, but you just, do you know what I mean? You don't yeah, you need to be, you need to be aware of how much you're taking in, how much yeah, you're yeah, eating. 100%. You need to, you need to be, you know, realistic with what you're doing it for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You still have to be on it and you still have to like, you know, depending on what your goals are, you still need to have a, a measure on what you're eating, but we, yeah, we, the stigma that comes with whey protein, that it's for meatheads and stuff, I'd say get that out of the window because it's a great supplementation to anybody's healthy lifestyle because it's just going to be a bit extra um, that you're not going to have to worry about. You're not going to have to worry about getting an extra ch- chicken breast in, you know, in, in your tea or whatever it is. And also it's going to help your recovery after training. Bringing us on to, um, I've, had this, I've had this a number of different questions about nutrient meal nutrient timing so we'll start with before what time should i eat before my training um very good question i actually had a similar one off tim um in fact i had quite a few off tim we could probably do a whole podcast on tim's uh just on tim if you're listening i'd do love to do a whole podcast on tim yes um got a man crush on him (laughs) Um, (laughs) so right should i eat before training uh, was that your question? What time? What time? Oh, should uh, I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it, it depends. It, it depends. It depends. If you, if we're, I can assume that the question is coming from a getting the most out of your hour in the gym or your training. Um, it, it depends and it depends on what type of training you're doing. Ideally, you probably want to be in two hours, 90 minutes before. Um, there's, there's loads of different things you could consider. I would, I would, and you might have a different view on this. I would always opt for probably a, a carby snack or carby feed. Um, you don't particularly need to be thinking too much about proteins and fats, although you can. You know, a mixed snack's not is is is, is not the worst. A little thing. bit's not terrible. Is it? Yeah, a little bit's not terrible. Um, carby would be ideal, whatever that means to you. You know, toast, bagel, oats, um, whatever that might be. Um, I'd keep it lower fat. You you just don't really need it. Like fat, without getting boring and geeky, speeds up like your gastric emptying. So if you're ingesting carbs, it'll pass through quicker. You won't digest it um, as well as you need to, and you won't take what you need from it. So I'd probably avoid like smashing a load of peanut butter on a bagel pre-training. Um, certainly if you like doing more aerobic-based, longer stuff, um, I'd be I'd be avoiding that. Um, yeah, jam, jam's not a bad chow. Um, so to answer that question, probably I'd say two hours, 90 minutes is that sweet spot just yeah. to let it digest. Yeah. So what would you say to people like Tim who train at 6am? Because a lot of people <laughs> struggle to eat before. And obviously, you know, if they're getting up at five ish, it's not enough time, really. You're going to be like doing burpees with bagels in your neck. Yeah. Um, what would you say to those types of people who, who do train early or they don't have the time before? And because Obviously, we'd rather be in bed asleep for as long as possible. Yeah, 100%. Like, look, you nail on the head. Sleep's going to be more important than getting up an extra hour to get a bagel down your neck, right? So Tim's question was along that exact same line. Like, should I be getting 
food before a train in the morning or should I be aiming to train later in the day when I'm hydrated and fed? And then it sort of got onto fasted cardio, which I'll sort of come on to in a minute. So I think, um, like you just said, don't get out of bed an extra hour earlier to get some food if you're going to lose out on an hour's sleep. And also, don't train your, don't change your training to later in the day when you're fed and hydrated. If training in the morning suits your life, like, you know what I mean? Training's got to fit in ultimately with your life, unless you're a professional athlete. You've got work to think about, you've got kids um, and all the rest of it, and a dog if you're Tim. Um, so yeah, don't, don't, don't stress too much. Like if it currently fits in with your life and you enjoy it, don't worry about it. What I would do is, um, I'd consider caffeine. Um, and I'm just about to send out a post on caffeine, um, as like more of a performance enhancing aid or whatever you want to call it. Maybe get a coffee or some caffeine down here. Um, there's so many benefits of caffeine, especially at that time you can drink it on the way to the gym. Um, you know, the amounts you need and how soon you need it before training, I can come on to and I'll put it out in a post today, I think. Um, but think about what you eat after if, you, if you're a morning crew person, six or seven. So think about one, having planned your snacks or your breakfast rather than being hungry and then throwing something down your neck you didn't plan. Think about going back to having a whey protein shake available, like you want to get it down you in that. It's a bit bodybuildery, but in that anabolic window, you know, 30 minutes, an hour after you train, get something in you, um, take advantage of, um, take advantage of that like post prandial exercise, um, well, everything's nice and high. So I'd think about what you're doing after it rather than before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be my stay on it. Would you say that, um, like I'd, I'd advise morning trainers to try and eat, carbs before bed instead yeah literally next thing i was going to come on to think about what you're eating the night before um yeah. rather than panicking about the morning i think you're absolutely bang on there's loads of different strategies you could implement if training is like part of your life in the morning um which will i think you've got some questions about nutrient timing so i'll probably come on to that and cover it but you know you might want to think about there's there's something called carb bunching um, or backloading, which is where you save a proportion of your carbs for nighttime, which have loads of different benefits. Your, you know, your stores are going to be replenished, ready for when you wake up in the morning and ready to train. So, you know, really think about the type of meals you're having um, at night. If you're going to train the next morning, I think it plays a massive part. Yeah. Yeah, because then you, you know it's in you. You know you've not... You've not done any, unless you sprint up and down the stairs 10 times, you've not wasted those those good carbs, have you? If you have them at seven or eight o'clock at night and then go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's absolutely, you know, I've seen a couple of posts recently this week about, I think um, OPEX sent one out actually about don't eat two hours before you go to bed. Love to know where they got that from. Um, it, it, it isn't true. Um, unless it disrupts your sleep, then that then that's that's something. To yeah, if you've got gurgly, gurgling stomach, then yeah, that's a different that's thing, that's isn't it? But, you know, eating before you go to bed, as long as it doesn't affect your sleep, it's, it's not really a thing. Um, and it and it might actually help you if you're training in the morning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and then, like we said, sleep is way more important. Yeah, getting up early just to sit there and eat. No, one hundred percent. And then I'd probably think about Tim asked Tim asked about fasted cardio as well. Um, 
and yeah because there's been loads of stuff out there in the past it's like to to shred fat or to build whatever aerobic should you train fasted yeah uh, and it's i think i think it's still really misunderstood um and it depends on what angle people are looking at it from um first thing i would say about fasted cardio is um whether it's your weight, whether it's weight loss, you're trying to gain some muscle, whether it's for long-term health, whether it's performance, um, improvement in those things, you know, changes to those three things aren't exclusive to fasting. There's so much more things you can look at and do. Like we just talked about getting the basics of protein intake, right? Yeah. Um, there's so much more things you can do than think about doing fasted cardio. Does that make sense? Absolute sense. Yeah. There's, um, there's way, there's way, uh, way more low hanging fruit. Maybe fasted cardio is the BCAAs of the, the, um, fat loss world. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, could be actually, um, it's a cherry in it on top of the tree, mate, when there's this big watermelon in you in the face called learning how to live in a calorie deficit for a bit. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't, like, a lot of people ask this question. I wouldn't encourage anyone to train fasted or to train fed. Like I would, this is very sitting on the fence, but I'd honestly say find what works for you. Um, like there are plenty of other things to focus on. Um, like forget about energy availability of training fasted or training fed and your hormonal responses and all those good things because fasted cardio it is a thing but the benefits have been overplayed they've been overplayed for weight loss they've been overplayed for performance they've been overplayed for like fat fat adaptation and burning fat um so i think i would always say i would whatever works for you so if you are a morning trainer for example and if you're talking about tim you might want to try getting up at 4am for two weeks and eating a bagel or a breakfast, going to train and seeing how you feel. And if your times and your training and the rest of your day is better, maybe you do want to think about getting up at 4am to eat. But if it's not, and I'm not saying you should do this, Tim, if it's not, um, then you don't really need to change anything. Like base it on your performance, how you feel in the gym, whether it's your times, whether it's your numbers, whether it's your enjoyment, how you feel for the rest of the day. Like, and this is not just, you know, um, you know, prescriptive to train in the morning. It's training at any time, like find what works for you, whether it's fed or fasted. Um, what, one thing I can say is like, I can guarantee the likes of, you know, CrossFit Games athletes, Matt Fraser was not thinking about if he's 14 or 16 hours fasted or if he's on that sweet spot when he was at the Games or someone at the Olympics. Um, yeah, you know. There's yeah. plenty of benefits to having enough energy and enough food in you. Yeah. And we all know that Tim just needs to back squat more anyway. Um, right. Cool. Let's move on then. Gluten. Bad for you. Makes you fat. Makes you shit at wall balls. <laughs> what, what's the crack with gluten? Oh, um, yeah, I think, again, gluten... Um, It's, it's got it's got a bad reputation right um not a bad reputation I, d I don't i don't think it has um one thing i'd say is there's very limited research available in gluten in non-celiac individuals so you know celiac 
um, sufferers are people who have intolerances and and gut issues, and those people should definitely avoid. Should yeah, definitely they can avoid become very very poorly in diagnosed with it. Um, there is a lot of self-reported non-celiac or gluten sensitive people out there who might have self-diagnosed or who might have um just noticed some patent patterns in themselves like when they yeah, do possibly and that and and that that's like that can be frowned upon and it's not a bad thing like if you know and then identify that if you eat bread and you feel bloated or it doesn't make you feel great cool don't eat it cut it out um or have it when you want it yeah, or have it when you want it. Um, yeah. I think, and this is just personal opinion, I think maybe gluten sensitivity or refraining from it is maybe linked to the really bad notion that stuff that contains it is fattening, be it bread or other items. And and someone saying they might be sensitive to gluten, it might be an easier way of saying, Do you know what, I don't want any bread with my breakfast or my tea. Yeah, because funnily enough, if you chin off two low two pieces of bread every day with your breakfast, you will probably not put on as much weight. Yeah, and I think there's a notion that you know it impacts weight loss. Um, if you cut out gluten, you're probably going to lower your calorie intake, so you're going to lose weight. Um, that's the biggest thing. Um, in celiac patients, there's probably not many listening to this out of the 10 people that listen to it. Um, but, Eleven. Sorry, mate. Um, the opposite has actually been seen in quite a few studies. Um, yeah, which is interesting. But we Very interesting. Yeah, I've only met, I've only met a couple of celiac sufferers. Um, and the, one you've, the ones you've got a handle on it are actually in mint nick because... You know, gluten's just in stuff that's just. We're not. I don't want to demonize. I don't demonize any foods, but just the ones that you can can get away from if you eat too much of it, like too much bread, or you know, there's beer, alcohol, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'd I'd summarize this one by sort of saying, if you are a celiac, then cutting out gluten is the right thing to do, or avoiding it, uh, you know, or following something like a FODMAP diet. Um, but if you are not cutting out gluten probably is, um, you know, why it's linked to weight loss is it's cutting, you know, it's, it's in a lot of junk food, like you just said, booze, bread, cakes, and all those nice tasting things. So yeah, if you want to lose weight and you want to cut it out, cool, go for it, but don't, don't get confused. It, it doesn't, it isn't the gluten. It's the it's the cake it's the booze it's the bread yeah absolutely and you know we you know we aim we all aim for a life of, of balance depending on what you want and just everything in moderation really isn't it like so again it's a minimal it's a micro detail isn't it for most people who aren't celiac sufferers sweet um which one do i like the look of uh Right. It, was this from Scott, this one? Bill, can you build muscle and burn fat at the same time? Um, yes, you can, Scott. Um, you can. It's, it's, I'll take that question as can you yeah, build muscle and lose fat at the same time? The thing is they're very two or they're very different 
are an opposing aesthetic or performance goals, aren't they? Or you know, however you want to badge it, you can do it. It just becomes more difficult. Um, you're essentially, if you want to lose fat, you're going to have to be in a calorie deficit, right? Um, and if you want to maximise your chances of increasing muscle mass, you need to eat more calories than you burn. Um, mm. On the side note, if you are a person, um, you know, I know there's a few people in the gym at the moment who are trying to put on a bit of lean muscle mass, you are, you are always going to put on some body fat when you're trying to burn, when you're trying to build muscle. You can't really avoid that. It's just how you limit it. Um, and the same sort of goes for, for Scott's question and doing it the opposite way. It just becomes much harder um, to do that. Um, what is really important is what we just talked about, especially about protein. Your protein intake needs to be um, super high, um, not ridiculous. You know, we're, we're probably talking about that in practical terms, well over the two gram per kilogram mark. So you probably want to be thinking somewhere between two grams as a minimum up to maybe 2.7, 2.8, up to that upper end of what you would look at as maybe a bodybuilder um, stepping on stage. Um, and then you would want to definitely think about splitting uh, your protein intake across the day as well as probably some of your other macronutrients with that, but definitely protein. So going back to that old school tried and tested bodybuilder split of um, splitting it across three equal meals, probably at about 0.3 to 0.5 grams a kilo. Um, and then you want to probably be splitting it across a snack or two um, and then a massive bowl or sort of big dose just before you go to bed um, in terms of recovery. So to answer your question, Scott, you can do it. Um, it's just limited and it's difficult because they're two very opposite things. So you're effectively eating in a calorie deficit, but then you're having to pay real close yeah. attention to total protein and how you're eating that across the day. Yeah. It's almost like trying to, for some, for a trained athlete to try and increase your one rep max back squat by a certain amount and PB your hour row. Yeah. It is. It's really stretching things and doing opposite things. Um, and you'd be, you'd have a much more successful time gaining muscle and strength by being in that small calorie surplus. Yeah, absolutely. I think the stress would be lower as well, wouldn't it? Like, because you got to think like putting yourself in a calorie deficit is stressful because you are slightly hungry most of the time. Yeah, and you you bang on because then you've got to think about if you are trying to build muscle the most important thing alongside it, if not more important is your resistance training. So whatever training you're doing to build that muscle, your protein comes secondary to that, you know, probably quite close, but it is secondary. And if you're trying to get the most out of your training, doing it in a calorie deficit, it's never going to be easy, is it? Um, I mean, there's a couple of things you can do, like some of the strategies I've used before, again, big doses of carbs before and after training um, to help you with your energy, caffeine before you training. Obviously not too late in the day, though, because it'll affect your kip. Um, those sorts of things that where you, when you are in a deficit, boosting your, boost yourself so that you do feel a bit more energetic when you train because you want you still need your training to be like high output. You don't want to train half-assed because you're knackered or or tired. Well, absolutely. Fueled. You want, you're like, you, you know, big big thing for me, like I, 
one of the big things that I try and work on with a lot of people is, and that's because of, you know, a lot of people I work with are invested in whether, whether it's CrossFit or fitness. If you are setting aside time to train, whatever your goal is, you want to get the most out of it. Um, yeah. You want, you want to get the most out of it. And I think it's just steering people away. I think we said it on the last one, like away from aesthetic goals um, or weight loss goals, like get the most out of your training. That's where you sort of want to be heading towards. Yeah, because if someone's lean, shredded, whatever, but, you know, they're back squatting, they're not even back squatting body weight or whatever it is, then what's the point? Like, you still want to be decently strong. You don't just want to look half, you know, you don't, don't just want to look lean when you're weak. Don't think there's very, I don't think that lasts very long, does it? No. Pushing 10 kilogram dumbbells. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> oh kettlebells not be kettlebells are you in it hey leave that kettlebell flow alone Nicholas Philly <laughs> yeah, <I will. laughs> yeah um right this wasn't the question and I don't know who sent this in veggies and vegans are they healthier than the meat eaters oh do you want to go there controversial mate but you know, only 11 people there. listen to it and they're probably not vegan or vegetarian. Good. I'm joking. <laughs> um, good. Uh, it's a, it's, you could, you could do a full on hour podcast about this one. Um, I'd say go and watch the game changes and make your own mind up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you mean that heavily biased propaganda documentary? Um, I think like when you, if you, if you look at all the studies that have been done in longevity of life and um, all health markers associated with vegans versus meat eaters, the thing is vegans and vegetarians are naturally more health seeking individuals. So they're going to be at your health food stores, Holland and Barrett, uh, Village Greens or Unicorn in Didsbury, you know, they, you're going to find those people doing yoga, taking care of themselves because it is aligned to that. Um, that's, you know, and when you take those studies into account, and I'm speaking very, you know, broadly here, you're comparing them with people who are meat eaters and you're not really taking into account the quality of maybe the meat that those people might be eating. Those meat eaters might be associated with processed meat, um, which is might be more associated with people who uh, are more aligned to smoking and boozing and not exercising. So you're not really comparing people who eat a vegan diet with people who eat a very lean meat diet with a lot of vegetables. You're comparing two very different sets of people, mm. in my opinion, and from yeah. the research that is currently out there. Yeah, there's a study done recently that I saw an Oxford study saying that Vegans are 43% more likely to suffer broken bones than meat eaters. I mean, it's, the yeah. thing is, you can take these statistics and studies and you can just change it and shape it and make it sound and look however you want. And that's probably yeah. the problem. And that, that's, that's the way the world, and whatever way you look at it, you know, everyone has a personal bias. Like, no matter how much you try and cut that out, everyone has a personal bias. And it's really yeah. hard when you're coaching people and you all know with nutrition, you have your own personal bias, but you have to remove that. Like, my client asked me this week, they're thinking about doing veganuary. Um, and my first response was, 
no. Um, <laughs> yeah, in your um, mind. But it was like, okay, that's cool, but why are you doing it? Um, why are you cutting out meat? Why do you want to do that? It's not a bad thing. If that's your ethical view, cool, go ahead, do it, good on you. It's real, it's tough. Um, but if you're doing it for health reasons or, or aside from ethical, then you might be a little bit misguided, maybe. Mm. Uh, and, and there's a diff- there's different layers to that. So let's just let's just make someone up, for example. So let's just say we've got a bloke who's a bit overweight. And I bet this has happened a million times. An overweight bloke in his 30s has just stopped eating meat and he's lost loads of weight and he looks good. And his dick works properly again. Or it works better. Do you know what I mean? He sleeps a bit better. Now, what's changed, really? Has he... Has, he, has the removing meat from his life made his body become this magical vessel that works way better now and way more efficiently and, and isn't as fat? Or has he just eaten much less food, stopped going to Mackey's as much because he's not eating cheeseburgers? Has that happened instead? And then eventually, like, through not eating meat, will other things change that he can't see? So, like, his hormonal markers. What's his cholesterol levels like? What's his testosterone at? And there's all these other things that you can't see on the surface. Yeah, 100%. And this is the whole problem going back to um, like comparing studies of meat eaters against vegetarians, vegans. The emissions that are left out, all those things you've just described, they just lead to myths rather than actual factual things. Mm. Um, I think there's one thing that you can say, like if you, it's it's very hard to answer the question who's healthier, vegans or or meat yeah. like you just can't answer that it's, it's and like we said before mate like with a, with a load of couple of things the sorry a couple of things we've talked about no person is the same so you could have a vegan who lives like a twat otherwise so smashes cocaine and whatever on the weekend don't know if that's vegan yeah. um, or vegetarian and then you know yeah, you could have a meat yeah. that lives really well and then, off, you know, vice versa. So it's like, what you, you're not, what are you comparing, really? You'd have to be comparing the exact same person who lives the exact same way. And the only difference is the diet. Exactly. And there is studies, and there are studies that have been done that compare people eating no meat and just vegetables um, who, you know, controlled studies that have uh, lived the same lifestyle and then they've measured health mm. markers. And look, there is... You are always, and kind of caveat this by saying, if you are a meat eater, it doesn't make you unhealthy. You should be aiming no to way. eat shitloads of vegetables, no matter whether you're vegan or not. Like, you should be eating as many vegetables as you can um, within your calories. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like, eat, eat, eat as many, you know, listen to the old school guidance whole foods, not processed vegetables. Um, yeah, don't don't avoid those things. Yeah, agreed, mate. And you and you go back to CrossFit. You look at hundred words of fitness. Meat, eat meat, seeds, nuts, little starch, no sugar, and all that good stuff. I'm not saying you have to do zone or paleo or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, yeah, we we're om- we're omnivorous. You know, we're human beings. Our teeth, our jaws are designed to eat most things meat included in that um so eat what you want to eat and what you find you get the best out of 
like ethical reasons are great. Like if you feel a certain way about eating meat, then great. Um, I'd hate I'd hate for us to be separated by another thing. And I think that diet's just been such a a, a demonizing sort of subject where we can smash people for saying, well, broccoli's better for you than chicken. Yeah, that, and that's a whole other debate about, you know. Yeah, ethics. Yeah. I think, yeah, just do do what, you know, like anything, do what feels right for you like and your morals and your moral compass. Um, yeah. If you want to eat veg, if you want to eat hot dogs, um, yeah, eat what you want to eat. Just try and eat that balanced diet that everyone searches for. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Next definitely. question, mate, what we got? Let's have a look. Right. Organic foods are they better for you than food? <laughs> Normal food. Um, no is the question. I would say no. Um, okay. What is organic food? It's something that has been grown um without certain pesticides right so it's not been spaffed on by uh, yeah cancerous uh, pesticides yeah look they organic organic foods or they, they are actually grown with some organic foods there's there's laws in place by the fda and other boards that you have to have they have to be tested and they have to be X amount lower than the normal counterparts. Right. Um, so so just fewer pesticides than normal. Yeah. And I think on average, I think, and I could be wrong here, but the numbers about organic foods are about 30% lower in pesticides than normal conventional foods. Um, but those pesticides and fertilizers, um, they are, look, we, I know you don't agree with the current state of the government and how the country's run, mate, um, but we won't get into that. And neither do I. But those things are deemed safe, like they are safe. They have to be safe um, to an extent. Um, well, I've not died yet from smashing asparagus. Um, just makes so me piss stink. Just because, just because they've got been grown with some pesticides or organic foods are 30% lower in those pesticides doesn't mean they're awful for you. Um so no, they're 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 not. There's no. And you problem. certainly wouldn't discourage the um, eating of that just to avoid not eating vegetables to avoid that. Definitely, definitely not. Like if you are if you can't afford that extra fifty p for organic carrots, buy normal ones. Don't avoid not eating carrots that have got. Yeah. Or better, yeah, start growing them in your back garden. That is the dream. Because uh, then you know you unless you go out and start pissing cancer all over your your veggies, then they're going to be absolutely. Bang on, aren't they? Well, yeah, pretty much. You don't need any preservatives or whatever it is. You're going to be in greenhouse in your back garden, but yeah, I think there's no, there's definitely no strong evidence that organic is better, um, and there's definitely no evidence or differences in like biomarkers uh, <laughs> in terms of like. I've definitely never seen tomato eater gets cancer. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, from eating tomatoes. The, the things that pesticides are going to be seen in are like breast milk, wee, serum, and even semen. Um, Pestispaf. Yeah, pestispaf. Um, and they're the things that 
you would use as a marker. Um, and there's, there's not really much difference. So, no, buy normal carrots, um, I would say. Oh, they weird how these, like, all of the most of these questions come down to like a gimmicky sort of money making little scam, like extra money. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? They all come down to like PCAAs, thirty quid for a tub, organic veggies, fifty p quid extra. Do you know what I mean? It's a shame, isn't it? Like, is the nutrition industry a scam? This is what we should be uncovering. It. It is. It is a scam. Stick to the basics and you mm. won't go far wrong. Um, if you can afford to buy organic foods, fair play, like buy them if it doesn't oh. break your bank. Um, Everyone who can go to booths and wait for For example, food. if you had, I haven't got a kid yet that I know of, um, <laughs> but you have. Um, At least two. Would, would I spend extra money to buy them organic vegetables? Maybe. Like, why not give them a better start yes. in life? But for me as an adult, it, it doesn't bear anything. Um, but yeah, fitness industry, supplement companies, like going back to protein, high protein, it's so important and the benefits are, you know, cannot be overplayed. But then you've got things like Heinz baked beans with added protein, which have just got some bacon bits in. You've got Weetabix with added protein. You've got Mars bars and stickers. Like if you say protein on them, yeah. The back of the packet and the differences between a normal one and an added protein one. They're nine times out of ten, very, very similar. Um, it's people just jumping on that marketing bandwagon. Yeah, and because they've added, like, a certain percentage of protein. So, like, in a normal Snickers, you'd have 5.4 grams of protein because it's nine or ten now. They can call it the protein Snickers, even though it's not, not a substantial amount at all. And they don't taste as good. So, if you're going to have a Snickers... Have a fucking Snickers because they're mega. Correct. And then it's the same with supplement companies that I've, you know, I joke about Noco quite a bit and I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about them. Um, whatever it is, whether it's Noco or something else, don't overplay the benefits of what's in it. Like if Noco said we do great tasting drinks with a bit of caffeine in, fair play. Like they are nice, but don't overplay the benefits of what BCAAs are doing for you. Um, and that goes for anything else. Like yeah, because you make or push supplements um, whether it's whey protein, like I use my protein because it's it's cheap, it tastes nice, and it's got everything you need in it. Like, yeah. don't push someone or don't push a supplement that's superior to others when it's actually not. You know, whey protein is pretty much whey protein, whatever way you look yeah. at it. Um, yeah, just just as just as long as it's one that you can tolerate and you like to you yeah. like drinking because, like we said, you could have the fanciest, nicest, most pure, natural way. But if it tastes like an old lady's arsehole, then you're not going to really drink it that often. And you're going to like hold your nose and... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is Progenic bad... still a thing on that note? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, you know, but I used to buzz off Progenics. I thought it was well nice. It tastes so nice. but then that, I used to mix it with that uh, gold's milk and then I started getting fat as can. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I was just scranning it like twice a day. <laughs> It's so nice. You just needed a bank loan to buy your monthly. Mm. Uh, but look, that is that's there an example I think of great marketing. Um, they might have just been absorbed by Nesquik because it was um, nicer than Nesquik. It's, it was so good. Yeah, I mean, we've I think we've um, destroyed quite a few companies here, and obviously all these people who Why? listen to it will stop buying from them now, and they'll go under. We um, might have saved eleven people some money. <laughs> probably a lot of money though to be fair 
What's the other one? Artificial sweeteners. Um, yeah, they get... they get smashed. Is it sucralose? That sort of stuff. Yeah, they get they get a really bad rep. Um, you know, when it's a difficult one because they. The thing is with artificial sweeteners is there's so much stuff emerging, I think, at the minute in terms of research. Like, there's still a bit of an unknown, but the stuff that, like, when it comes to evidence-based stuff and research, you have to you have to apply a bit of rhyme and reason. If there's a lack of evidence, you have to go with what you sort of know and what, you, do you know what I mean, is you can't mm. second-guess things. Um, so at the minute, it's, it is unknown. Um, they don't, are they worse than sugar is always the first question definitely not they don't initiate like an insulin response um you know they did lower blood sugar and things like that i think going back to the association of like meat and vegetables and vegans and omnivores i think if if someone is trying to lose weight say you have an obese person trying to lose weight to improve their health dramatically and they drink five cans of coke a day full fat coke and they then swap something out for a diet coke they're taking out a shed load of calories and they're replacing sugar with an artificial sweetener is that better for you absolutely there's no you know there's there's no disagreement you're you're taking in fewer calories massive gains straight away what i find amusing nick is how people say full fat coke and there's no fat in coke say that again there's no right. People say full fat coke, don't they? Yeah. But there's no fat in coke. I don't know what you're. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Look it up. It's yeah. pure. It's pure. It's just some of the your mum says. Yeah. <laughs> after this, you've stumped me on that one. I've done uh, you. <laughs> you've done me. Um, Told you, I'm going to bring it all down, mate. I'm bringing the fitness industry down. No, but <laughs> I know I know exactly what you're saying. This is so, yeah, it takes a huge amount of calories out and people don't realise how much they ingest when they're having fizzy drinks. Absolutely. And, and the thing is with fizzy drinks that are full fat, like full fat, coke, <laughs> fat um, it tastes nice and it's so easy to ingest those calories. It's not like chomping your way through. I'm thirsty, so I'm going to smash this. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Um, and if, the, if you want to get into the detail, like there's different types of, of sweeteners, like you mentioned sucrose um, and there's aspartamine as well. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, I think there's more evidence emerging that sucrose is, is probably not the one for you. Um, yeah. But aspartamine, there's no, there's plenty of research to show that. Compare that with drinking um, sugar-based drinks, you know, there's huge differences in BMI, fat mass, measurements, weight circumference. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's only a good thing swapping those two. Interestingly uh, enough, we had, um, we've got a lady at the gym who used to smash Diet Coke. And I think she was on like three or four cans a day because in her head, it, like it was low calorie. <clears throat> and she, um, she cut it out and ended up losing a load of weight forever. So she's just stopped drinking it and dropped a load of weight. This is this to me is like a bit of a mystery because she's not dropped any calories. So like by not drinking the diet coke, 
So she's just swapped it out for water. But what's what's changed? Like, it's really weird. Here's, here's the thing with that. And there could be, I don't know, there could be many answers. There's more like, factors involved, I think. I will caveat by saying, like, the artificial sweeteners and diet drinks and using aspartamine against sugar is definitely the right thing to do in terms of like weight loss and health markers do not, that doesn't mean, and this goes for like, you know, uh, protein bars don't go smashing things that are perceived or marketed as healthy or locale just for the sake of it. If you're doing them for the right thing and swapping out stuff you already do, definitely the right way to go on the diet Coke thing. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that because you're actually effectively not swapping. You're, you're not, yeah. you're not using any calories. The only thing that I could think of was like, and this is just practical stuff, is if you have four Diet Cokes a day, was she having a Diet Coke or was she having it as part of something else? Like, is it yeah. a Diet Coke and a snack? Is there things associated mm. with that? And then the other thing is, and a, a, something I like to you know implement with people who are maybe on a bit of a weight loss journey or, or trying to get a bit more of a balance in what they eat. If you are eating sweeter tasting things or drinking sweeter tasting things during the day, you're more likely going to crave and want those things. So is drinking Diet Coke, if she's drinking four cans, I'm guessing she's not nailing them all at night. She's having maybe one early in the morning. Is she then craving and wanting that high of something else sweet? So is the biscuits going in? Is the yes. sweet going in? Um, so I would always try and say to people if they're on that sort of weight loss journey like if you're going to have sweet things or nice tasting things push them to as far in the day as you can so then you're not wanting them throughout yeah. the day. because as soon as you start you know as soon as you pop a can of Pringles or whatever the saying is you're going to carry on aren't you um, so that that might be a reason but I'm just guessing yeah I think that's a good I think that's definitely even if it's not the reason it's definitely like a good thing to highlight for people like if you bang a, a, a dairy milk at four o'clock it's just like a, a domino effect then for the rest of the day isn't it and if you've got oh, yeah. it available yeah. you're more than likely to like oh well, i had a dairy milk before so fuck it i'm gonna have this as well exactly like and some people might like a brew and a biscuit in the afternoon like one o'clock after the dinner you know you might think about pushing that out as far as you can so that you're not going to want to crave more biscuits that you don't really take much from aren't going to fill you up and you're going to want more of throughout the day so it's just little things like that that are worth thinking about. So to recap, BCAAs, hit your protein intake instead. Save yourself some fucking money. Spend that money on protein. And if pro if you're wanting a buzz from the caffeine, and um, I'm going to do a post about this today, so watch out for that. Uh, monsters are just as cheap or shit versions of Red Bulls at Tesco. Like if you're doing it for the caffeine rather than the BCAAs, there's cheaper options or coffee is even cheaper. Have a brew, the well yeah. better. Danny Watson and Ali, Ali Watson bought me an AeroPress and I'm all over that now. That's mega. That's um, but no cardio after 12. Uh, cardio after 12. No coffee after 12. No caffeine after 12. Fuck that. Uh, yeah, everyone's different tolerance levels. But it, yeah. yeah. It, it, that's that's my, that's my, yeah. my um, philosophy on it just because I will not sleep um fasted cardio it depends so complex but again think about why you're doing it um and there's probably many more things you could be doing rather than thinking about cutting out food if it works for you and your workouts are doing well out of it or you're getting what you need out of your training yeah. stick with it. i think um, i think that's a psychological thing i didn't mention this before but i think a lot of people love finishing the fasted cardio in the morning 
going in the gym shower and then seeing the sick downlighting they get and they look shredded. And it's like a psychological thing because the body's dehydrated and completely empty. They're like, yeah. oh, I look mint. Of course, and take that opportunity and get a good picture for the gram. Um, yeah. But don't associate, like, there is benefits with fasting cardio. Yeah. Definitely weight loss, it's overplayed, but there is benefits. There is slight benefits to insulin resistance, very overplayed. Yeah. And there is benefits to performance, but they're like, they're so marginal. Yeah. You would have to, you really have to consider everything else being in place first. So yeah. don't. And a well fueled aerobic session, as, as we mentioned before, would be way more beneficial because you'd have more, intense, like more intensity from your training. Yeah, fed every day for me personally. Like I get so much more out of training being fed. Yeah. Organic foods. Just a bit more expensive, not that much more helpful. If you're cash rich, buy them. If you're not, don't worry about them. Just eat vegetables. Eat veg anyway. Yeah. Veggies and vegans and meat eaters. Do what you think is right. Um, but either way, don't eat too much processed stuff, whether it's plant-based stuff, fake burgers or mm. real sausages and real burgers try and cut that shit out it, it, whole even even though the veggies and vegans and it's tough to get that protein in we still want to be eating whole foods don't we so getting those vegetarians and vegan guys up to that point is very difficult definitely it just to be a vegetarian or moreover a vegan it is so much more difficult to get what you need in it's not impossible it just takes so much more planning then you can start to really get into like complete proteins because it's so hard and you have yeah. to get them in in a 24-hour window I think uh, the, the food the actual physical food volume is so much higher yeah. as well because all the foods are so like there's so little calories in such a big amount of food which is a practical reason why people associate veganism with being healthy because if you cut out meat and all the things associated with it you probably will drop meat because of the volume like you've just said yeah yeah definitely whey protein if you if it means that you hit your protein targets around whole foods get it in yeah absolutely nutrient timing splitting up your protein is the best for building up muscle and recovery with Without, yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, you you want that. Um, what do they call it now? The half life of protein, the the um, like the come down. Yeah, you 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 return to what is called like baseline at about two and a half three hours, um, which is why um, for like muscle protein synthesis, which is muscle building, you return back to your baseline around three hours. So, which is why you want to split it as much as you can, so you don't stay there and you keep spiking, um, which helps you build muscle. But the main thing is, is that you eat, um, uh, yeah. eat with a lifestyle that you can maintain. If you're like running out of work in, in the middle of a meeting to go and get a protein shake or a chicken breast with some veg or whatever, then it's obviously going to mess your life up a little bit. Or running out the cinema, bringing yeah. tupper, Tupperware in and stuff like that. Like you've got to think like, remember like what you're sacrificing to adhere to this sort of lifestyle. I think that's a top point to end on, mate. Like really, really pertinent. That was a nice word. Um, all, all those things you've just mentioned, especially protein and timings, it depends how like one willing you are and what you're doing it for. And two, how long can you maintain it? Like that sustainable word. We could all probably eat like um, a supreme Olympic athlete for a week and then we'd fuck it off. Yeah, so do what, do the most you can um, in the easiest way you can. Path of least resistance and all that. Yeah.
Buzzing, mate. Right. Um, that was top. How long was it? Uh, it was a while, mate. Don't you worry about that. Sorry about that. And if you've made it this far, far thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll get Nick on and we'll slag other things off next time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> cheers for the 11, the 11 people who listen. If one of you can tell a 12th person to listen, share it on social media, that'd be great. But thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Cheers, mate. Thanks.